bookworms, and welcome back to the second episode of the Book Club Podcast, where I break down books into bite-sized summaries and feed you consumable interpretations and examples from my life. Before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who subscribed, left reviews, and personally reached out to me to give some words of encouragement, and I truly, truly appreciate it. And if you haven't subscribed, be sure to do so to stay up to date. I also received a few questions about how I read books in general, and I actually stopped reading paperback books since I was introduced to Audible a couple years ago, and it changed the game of reading books for me. I no longer have to make time to read a book. I can just listen to it on the go while I'm commuting, cleaning, cooking, whatever I'm doing, and... I signed up for the 30-day free trial, and I got two audiobooks for free, and ever since then, I've been hooked. If you want to try it out, I'll provide the link in the description box, and I'll link Atomic Habits and today's book for those who are interested. So now, without further ado, let's jump right into today's episode. Um, So today, I will be going over a very special book that impacted my life significantly. It is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, which is a pretty popular book. So if you've read it before, this could be a refresher for you. And if you haven't, I'm super stoked to introduce you to this book. This book was a New York Times bestseller for over a decade, and it had over 8.5 million copies sold in the U.S. and translated into 46 different languages worldwide. Um, Oprah Winfrey said this book is simple, yet so powerful, has made a tremendous difference in how we think and act in every encounter. Let me give you a little bit of background information on the author. He is a renowned spiritual teacher, but Don Miguel Ruiz was not always a spiritual person. He was born in Mexico and he went to medical school and worked as a surgeon for many years. Then suddenly the course of his life was changed by a car accident that almost killed him. So Don Miguel became an apprentice under a shaman, which is a traditional spiritual guide and healer. And he began studying the wisdom of the ancient Toltecs. The Toltecs were an indigenous Mexican culture of great warriors and artists that lived around a thousand years ago. And the Toltec wisdom advocates freedom from self-limiting beliefs that rob us of joy and create needless suffering. And this book offers a powerful code of conduct that could rapidly transform our lives to a new experience of freedom, true happiness, and love. The book consists of four chapters, The Four Agreements. Ruiz opens the book by introducing the notion of the dream of the planet which is a collective dream consisting of humanity, family, and community. This can be further divided into culture, societal beliefs, religions, and laws. So words that came from our parents, our teachers, our communities, and our peers, words that grew into the labels, concepts, and beliefs that define the rules and the boundaries of reality. We agree to most of these rules, even though we aren't responsible for them or even though we didn't really check them. And 
Some of them are useful, but many of them are also inaccurate, unrealistic, or unattainable. The most common one we hear from our parents from a young age is that we have to go to college, get a corporate job, start a family, and have kids by 30, etc. And we constantly see unattainable beauty standards in the media, such as having a thin body, big hips, fuller lips, etc. So we strive to live up to what society expects of us and punish ourselves. Endlessly for not being what we believe we should be. And we become very self abusive and we let other people abuse ourselves as well. We say to ourselves that we are never enough, that we're constantly falling short of some whimsical ideal. And we have made several important agreements with ourselves in which We have decided who we are, how we feel, what we believe, and how we should behave. Ruiz asserts that these agreements make us suffer, and the key to joy is breaking them in order to embrace your individual power, the clarity to see society's dream and dislike it, to create new agreements is the key to change. So we'll start with the first agreement, which is to be impeccable with your word. Words are more powerful than we realize. They are the building blocks of labels, concepts, and beliefs. We exemplify who we are using words, and they have the power to create beauty, but also to destroy it. Being impeccable means taking responsibility for our words, but not judging or blaming ourselves. And using the power of our words to pursue truth and self love, which will cleanse us from the rule of emotional toxins. Ridding yourself of negative words and using only impeccable ones with yourself and others is the way to become immunized against poisonous words. This will ultimately lead to peace and joy. The word is so powerful that one word can change a life or destroy the lives of millions of people. Some years ago, one man in Germany, by the use of the word, manipulated a whole country of the most intelligent people, and he led them into world war with just the power of his word. He convinced others to commit the most atrocious acts of violence. And he activated people's fear with the word. And like a big explosion, there was killing and war all around the world. You can probably guess who that German man is. Hitler's words, based on fear generated beliefs and agreements, will be remembered for centuries. Being impeccable with your word also means not using the word against yourself. And if I see you in the street and I call you stupid, It appears that I'm using the word against you, but really I'm using my word against myself because you're going to hate me for it, and you hating me is not good for me. Therefore, if I get angry with my word and send all that emotional poison to you, I'm using those words against myself. So if I love myself, I will express that love in my interactions with other people. If I have Gratitude for you, you have gratitude for me. If I insult you, you will insult me. And if I'm selfish with you, you'll be selfish with me. So it's kind of like the saying, treat people the way you want to be treated. 
but like a sword with two edges. Your word can create the most beautiful dream, or your word can destroy everything around you. Most often, we use、uh, the word to spread our personal poison, to express anger, jealousy, envy, and hate. For example, there was a woman who was intelligent and had a very good heart, and she had a daughter whom she loved very much. But one night she came home from a very bad day at work and tired and with a terrible headache. She wanted peace and quiet, but her daughter, like a lot of kids, was singing loudly and jumping around, and she was unaware her mother had a bad day and she kept singing. So, Her mother's headache worsened in a little bit, and at a certain moment, she lost control. She told her to shut up and that she has an ugly voice. Yikes. The truth is that the mother's tolerance for any noise was non existent.、Uh, and it was not that the little girl's voice was ugly, but、um, the daughter believed what her mother said. And in that moment, she made an agreement with herself. And after that, she no longer sang because she believed her voice was ugly and would bother anyone who heard it. She became shy at school, and if she was asked to sing, she refused. Even speaking to others became difficult for her. Everything changed in the little girl because of this new agreement. She believed she must repress her emotions in order to be accepted and loved. But Whenever we hear an opinion and believe it, we make an agreement and it becomes part of our belief system. With this example, the girl grew up and even though she had a beautiful voice, she never sang again.、Um, that's really sad, but that's definitely something we do to our loved ones in the spur of the moment. Um, similar thing happened to me actually when I was young. My sister had a beautiful voice and we loved singing together, but every time my mom heard us singing, she would make it clear that my sister sounded better and that I wasn't as good at singing as her. And I believed her because she's my mom, you know, and I trust her with all my heart. So since then, I stopped singing for many years, although it's something I really enjoyed doing. But now that I'm older and a bit wiser, I can understand her opinion was not necessarily the truth, and I shouldn't have taken it so personally. And now I sing my heart out at karaoke places, and I love it. <laughs> We give people these types of opinions, and they carry that for years and years, and most of the times we are not aware of it. That's why the author says that we must forgive them if that ever happens to us. Hence, my mom was forgiven.、Um, so, the worst form of black magic is actually gossip. Gossip is black magic at its very worst because it's pure poison. When we were children, we heard the adults around us gossiping all the time, openly giving their opinions about other people. And they even had opinions about people they didn't know. Emotional poisons were transferred along with opinions, and we learned this as a normal way to communicate. Gossiping has become the main form of communication in our society over the years, and it has become the way we feel close to each other because it makes us feel better to see someone else feel as badly as we do. And it's just like the saying, misery likes company, and people who are suffering in hell don't want to be all alone. 
For example, you're beginning a new class with a new teacher and you have looked forward to it for a long time. And on the first day of class, you run into someone who took the class before and he carelessly tells you that the instructor was horrible and he was a pervert just because he failed the class. And you're immediately imprinted with the word, but what you're not aware of is his or her motivation in telling you. And because you have learned to ingest information like a child, some part of you believes this concept and you go on to the class and as the teacher speaks, you feel the poison come up inside you. And you know, you start talking to other people in the class about this and they start to see the teacher in the same way and you start hating the class. And all of this mess can be caused just by one poisonous, careless word that you heard from somebody else. After reading this chapter, I took a hard look on my life and I was evaluating what I talked to my friends about. And, um, you know, with girls, it's pretty common to talk about other girls, boys, social media, etc. And after reading this book, if we started gossiping, I started to change the topic of the conversation to something else, like the new shows we're watching or podcasts we're listening to. And gossip started making me feel um, really uncomfortable. And if that ever happens to you, you can just change the topic and move on with the conversation. We receive the gossip and spells from the words of others, but also from the way we use our words with ourselves. We talk to ourselves constantly and most of the times we say things like, oh, I look fat or I look ugly. My skin looks awful. I'm stupid. I'll never be good enough. And I am definitely one of those people and I bring myself down a lot. And after reading this book, I realized what I've been doing to myself. I've been bullying myself for a long time. And instead of using black magic, we can use white magic starting with ourselves. We can tell ourselves how wonderful we are, how great we are. And we can use the word to break all those teeny tiny agreements that make us suffer. And the author says it's possible because he did it and he says that he is no better than us. It's definitely been a process for me, but I try doing it every day. And I've been starting my day with three things that I'm grateful for or three of my top qualities. And that has been really effective so far as I feel more motivated and confident starting my day. And I encourage you to try this out as well. Now let's move on to the second agreement, which is uh, don't take anything personally. Personal importance or taking things personally is the maximum expression of selfishness because you make the assumption that everything is about you and nothing other people do is because of you. It's because of themselves. And even when the situation seems so personal, even if others insult you directly, it has nothing to do with you. What they say, what they do, and the opinions they give are according to the agreements they have in their own minds. So for example, if someone gives you an opinion and says, hey, you look so fat, don't take it personally because the truth is that this person is dealing with his or her own feelings, beliefs, and opinions. And the person tried to send poison to you, and if you take it personally, then you take that poison and it becomes yours. Even the opinions you have about yourself are not necessarily true. 
And therefore, you don't need to take whatever you hear, even in your own mind personally. We have a choice whether or not to believe those voices. And when we really see other people as they are without taking it personally, we can never be hurt by what they say or do. So we are no longer dependent on other people's behavior or careless comment. And even if others lie to you, it's okay because they're lying to you because they're afraid. They're afraid that you will discover that they're not perfect. It is painful to take that social mask off. And when I actually told one of my closest friends that I'm thinking about starting a book podcast, uh, my friend said, hey, I don't think that's a great idea, especially if, if it's about books and um, people won't really be interested and your idea seems too simple and you're not going to succeed with that. <laughs> and, you know, I took a minute and I tried not to take it personally because that person is saying something based on their own reality. And my friend is personally not interested in books and in their reality. They believe that everyone has the same perspective on um, reading books and listening to book podcasts. So I'm glad I didn't take it personally and gave up on it because so far I have received so many great feedbacks and I truly enjoy doing it. So um, don't ever take anything personally and let other people direct your life because you should be in control of your own life, your own emotions and your own decisions. And uh, with that, our second chapter ends and we'll move on to the third agreement, which is don't make assumptions. Assumptions are a trap because we're inclined to believe they are a representation of the truth. We tend to see and hear only what we want to. In a relationship, for example, each party can make assumptions about the other without clear communication. When their relationship falls apart, the two are shocked by each other's reality. Those relationships are most likely to succeed if the people don't make assumptions and have clear communication. Communication is definitely key to avoiding the pain that is caused by misunderstandings that are based on assumptions. Because we're so afraid to ask for clarification, we make assumptions and believe we're right about the assumptions. Then we defend our assumptions and try to make someone else wrong. It's always better to ask questions than to make assumptions. I'm sure you know the book Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Uh, he explains that different people have different languages in which they give and receive love. For example, some people give and receive love through physical touch, others through gifts, and so on. So when one person expects to feel love in one way, but their partner naturally shows love in a different way, there can be a lot of misunderstanding and hurt. That's why it's always best to ask than to assume anything. Inside of relationships, Don Miguel says our biggest assumption is believing that our love will change someone. The truth is, you really can't predict or control other people. You can only choose to love them or not. And here's a great quote, maybe the best one in the whole book. Real love is accepting other people the way they are without trying to change them. 
And real change cannot come from the outside anyway. The best you could do is be a good role model for people around you. For example, if you want your partner to eat healthier, don't criticize them when they eat poorly. Instead, you could cook a healthy dinner so they experience firsthand that healthy food can taste delicious too. We naturally start to become more like the people we spend the most time around anyways. Doing our best can vary between situations, and we won't always be able to reach perfection, but we shouldn't feel shame or guilt when we don't, and we shouldn't act for awards either. But because we want to, awards will come naturally to us, and a good example of this comes from the story about Forrest Gump. He didn't have great ideas, but he took action. And he was happy because he always did his best at whatever he did. He was richly rewarded without expecting any rewards at all. Taking action is being alive and it's taking the risk to go out and expressing our dream. And accepting the reality that we're doing our best makes us immune to inner guilt and the poison of others. I used to have a lot of anxiety and pressure to perform really well in exams and tests. And, you know, I always thought to myself, I have to get the best grade. I have to be the best student and gave myself so much unnecessary pressure. But I noticed that when I tell myself, hey, I'll just do my best and I'll see what happens. That takes off like 70% of the pressure and I actually perform better. When you know you did something to your best ability, there are no regrets. Best you learn to accept yourself, but you have to be aware and learn from your mistakes too. And even if you're not impeccable with your words, if you're still making assumptions and you're still taking things personally, you won't feel bad about yourself because you know you're still trying and doing your best. The author repeats many times that we must do our best always over and over again. Practice makes perfect. And Don Miguel Ruiz wants us to honor these agreements and make these agreements today. It's so simple and logical that even a child can understand them. But you should have a very strong will because wherever we go, we find that our path is full of obstacles and people, people will try to sabotage our commitment to these new agreements and everything around us is set up for us to break down. And if you fail, don't judge yourself. Be tough with yourself, stand up, and make the agreement again. Okay, I broke my agreement to be impeccable with my word today, but I will start over again. I'm going to keep the four agreements just for today. I'll be impeccable with my word. I will not take anything personally. I will not make any assumptions. And I'm going to do my best. And you know, it'll be difficult at first, but each day it will become easier and easier. And I can tell you guys, when you tell yourself that you'll honor these four agreements just for today, that takes off a lot of pressure. And that's how I started. And my life has been a lot simpler and I've been a lot happier um, because I know that I'm following these incredible four agreements and I am just a happier person. Um, and that is the end of the fourth chapter. I hope you enjoy this episode and 
Feel free to let me know your progress following the four agreements. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already and share it with a friend who might enjoy this episode or podcast. I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye.